Hello, this is Mike Knezovich, and welcome to the latest edition of Tune Up with Mike and Monty, explaining brain science step by step. As always, I'm here with Dr. Monty Pavaluri. How are you today, doctor? I'm doing great, Mike. It's, uh, it's been a while since we did one of these podcasts, and it's fun to be able to talk about some science that's going to help children and uh, adults as well. It has been too long, but um, we're glad to be back, and we're glad that uh, you're listening out there. Um, today, we're going to kind of a two-part thing, and we're laying the groundwork here uh, to explain about verbal memory. And um, let's just start with the basics, and I'll just ask, what is verbal memory? What does that mean? Oh, um, verbal memory is uh, being able to remember um, and recall words and digits um, that are in our repertoire. Uh, Say, for example, if I ask you to remember uh, 24, 23, and 22 and ask you to remember it forward and backward, Uh, then it's called forward recall or backward recall. Um, And you keep that in mind for a short time. That's called working memory. Okay. And this working memory is what verbal memory as well is. So it's almost like short-term memory in a computer, not to... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Instead of the hard drive. Yes, you keep in mind online and use it for the purposes, uh, say, shopping lists that you have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, the words in the shopping list could be your verbal memory. Even if you forget that list, then you should be able to remember when you go to Walgreens or, you know, um, any supermarket. And the other thing uh, that's fascinating about this is um, the things that children learn from teachers in classroom and being able to hold that information and receive it as they listen to it. Mm -hmm. So there is an attentional control part that somewhat dictates your ability to hold the working memory in being able to come up with functional verbal memory as you're operating. Okay, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds, it is what it sounds like. Uh, I would guess that, especially in children who are at different developmental stages, this capacity varies a lot. Actually, interestingly, there is a lot of scope for improving verbal memory. But that said, verbal memory and, in fact, visuospatial memory uh, is pretty static. You know, for across children and adolescents and adults. Um, I mean, of course, working memory improves till 15 or so. But the thing is, the when it stabilizes, it, it really is the same for a long, long time. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And the, you know, by the way, when I say the V with my Indian accent, It'll come as W, so please excuse me for that. Oh, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) So it's idiosyncrasy of my verbal memory. didn't have the the syllable, I should say, syllable of V in my language. So what is interesting here, I want to use that as an example uh, to some extent. When you don't have some of the syllables, like say Japanese, German, English, 
they're all very different in the syllables and uh, uh, some of the consonants that they use. So what you know cannot be used in another language until, unless you consciously practice. Right. So they are, um, you know, these are called um, uh, phonotactic uh, skills or phonotactic frequency with which you listen to certain sounds. Okay, mm -hmm. that is common to the language, okay. right? So, if the phonotactic or linguistic representation uh, is, you know, frequent, you know, if if you have, say, if they're words, you remember the words much more easily. Okay, mm -hmm. digits maybe a little harder mm -hmm. sometimes, especially the longer digits. And if you mm -hmm. give like seven digits and ask you to remember forward is easier, then backward might be difficult because your processing speed. And also the ability to hold the information and executive function and attention control, all of it influence your ability to remember these things, okay. right? Mm -hmm. So with age, while it stabilizes, obviously when you become really old, then, you know, some of the memory for short term might drop down somehow and you will retain long term memories better. But, you know, that said... Um, the actual uh, phonotactic uh, frequency, like some of the words that are non-words with phonotactic frequency, and then, um, you know, uh, that have, like, the sounds that you hear frequently, in other words, can be remembered better. And then those phonotactic words that you don't hear frequently, you cannot remember so well. It's kind of a matter of repetition. Repetition. Right. So, <clears throat> another fantastic point here to clinch I think that would be very useful in decoding all of this is your verbal memory that is a kind of working memory for words depends on your ability to actually have this language or linguistic representation in your head Okay. you got it? Well, so, so this has uh, <clears throat> obviously, there's kind of a chicken and egg about learning and verbal memory. Exactly, exactly. But what the scientists have done is they try to separate the chicken and egg a little bit. Okay. And they, <laughs> if you can ever do that. Yeah. But they said that while they're interdependent, it's the language representation determines your working memory as well. Oh, really? So if you... For, say, for example, what is fascinating about this is reading. For example, dyslexia, where you have normal intelligence, but your inability to read certain uh, words, you know, mm -hmm. or letters. All of this reading difficulty or dyslexia is dependent on this language representation in their brain. Okay. Okay? And that is um, what is important and it is related to your ability to gain attention and use your executive function and operate your working memory. So the language is very important. Language representation in your brain. So you, you create sort of a, a map of how language works that's imprinted on your brain. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that takes us next to phonological loop. Phonological loop uh, by Bradley is a scientist who, who's very, very popular with his theory of phonological loop and visuospatial sketchpad, which means that the phonological loop is a loop that is uh, somewhat at the dorsal part of the brain. It, it connects the 
parietal cortex, I mean, that is on the either side of the brain, on, on uh, where the cones of the brain are, you know, the brain behind it, um, is responsible and is attached to the front of the brain. And there is a loop that goes back and forth. And it also involves a speaking part in the brain called Broca's area. And uh, this, uh, and then there is a motor areas of the brain at the top and cerebellum. All of these are attached to one another, and it's called phonological loop. It's kind of like a wire uh, that is responsible for uh, enunciation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So this verbal memory and learning is sort of, we can think of it as this sort of, uh, they're in, in sort of connection with each other all the time. I mean, exactly. And uh, <laughs> they, they obviously are related to one another. Right, right. And the verbal memory uh, is dependent on, of course, the word length, similarity in meaning, similarity in phonation, and your ability to actually suppress the articulation. Like when you articulate, you can't actually say it, but you read it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that acts to refresh and maintain speech material in store for a brief period when you're reading. Mm-hmm. And then your ability to recall digits, you know, all of these are responsible for verbal memory. So although verbal memory is one thing, there are so many things that are going on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and there is the um, uh, thing called um, the visuospatial sketch pad, right? So... Uh, you know that that draws up in mind that I've got a an iPad in my uh, in my head or something, and I have a little pen that I can draw on it or something. Right, right. Exactly. I, I mean, that's I'm making that up. But yeah, that's, yeah, but, that's exactly it. Yeah. So your ability in your brain to be able to uh, visuospatially imagine and remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay, the representation mm-hmm. of a structure, mm-hmm. uh, a spatial could that be, thing that you see. Could that Some, be a sentence? Yeah, it could be a sentence. Um, and every Everything learning, any learning has a visuospatial element to it, right? Okay. I mean, instead of letters flying off or, you know, it is tested with blocks, mm-hmm. you know, when you are actually psycho- oh, yeah. through psychological testing, it's called courses um, block test yeah. uh, or, or spatial task. I mean, CST, courses, spatial task, that's called. So the Corsi spatial task is very interesting in that it uh, helps you to remember the blocks set in a certain way, and then you recall and you take all those blocks away, and then you um, uh, you recall um, how they're uh, 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 they're arranged, and then you remember it in a forward manner as well as backward manner. And apparently, this um, visuospatial memory is much more easier to remember backwards than the verbal memory. It's interesting. Yeah, because, and, and, and some of the theorists talk about this as why. It's not just because visuospatial memory is different, uh, but you actually have the blocks to remember, mm-hmm. whereas the words are in your head and you have to work harder. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be it, or there could be hundred different reasons. You have a picture. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, okay, we... Are about out of time, I think. But one, only one point I want sure. to make: the visuospatial um, uh, point. Like, say, for example, a one of the young women who didn't uh, know uh, the road that she's living in, or how far is her new school, 
how, how she is, where her friends live, the travel time it takes to get there. So she didn't have a visual map of where, where she's situated. Mm -hmm. She also has math difficulties too. And so to have that visuospatial problems are very prominent uh, in that young woman. But what, I, what one needs to know uh, how to quickly get to it is if you remember backward remembrance of backward sequence of remembering a certain uh, visuospatial scheme mm -hmm. uh, uh, that you keep on uh, working memory, if that is poor, then they're bound to definitely have visuospatial problems. Okay. So it's like a diagnostic That's test. A thing you can uh, it's not a diagnostic test. I mean, it's a measurement test okay. that is somewhat has a high predictability. If you can't remember backwards visuospatial elements, then that uh, there is something wrong with the ability to map, remember visual information. So it seems to me, and this is probably fodder for the next installment, that any number of what we call learning disabilities or you know, dyslexia are related to, to verbal memory and how we learn. Exactly. Okay. It's very important to respect this verbal memory. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's talk more about that next time, especially about the various sort of ways that doesn't work. And then, and then possible exactly. treatments. Exactly, especially because language is a royal road to success. So I, really <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that, but I, I, I like that. Language is the royal road to success. And with that, I think we will bid you adieu until the next edition of Tune Up with Mike and Monty, Brain Science Step by Step. Thanks for listening today. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. <laughs>